Sometimes we laugh and sometimes we cry, but I guess you know now. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. We took a trip, now we on your block, and it's like a ghost town. It's the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM, ESPN. Eric Hasseltine joins now. He is the radio voice of the Grizzlies. First time on the show. Eric, what's happening, man? How are you, bud? I'm doing well. What's, what's been on the docket since season ended? Golf? A lot of <laughs> whole, golf? A whole lot of no. I actually went back. I went out and played today for the first time, and I said, you know, I need to start doing this more often because I'm not good. Okay. And if you're not good because you don't play, then you need to play more. You know, I picked up the sticks about a year a year ago after a long, long hiatus since my childhood. And it is not it's not been fun for me. It hadn't no, it had been great. It's not fun. It, it doesn't work out that so, well. I, I actually demoed a driver today um, and hit it well. And I realized because the last time I played, I actually was playing okay. I felt like I flushed my – and for me, flushing a driver is like 250, <laughs> 260 at best. And I flushed it <laughs> – the card says two twenty five. Happy time for yeah. a new driver. This thing's ten years old. So I tried this one. I'm like, okay, this is great. Hit it through the fairway a couple times. Hit a couple other shots. But look, it was a perfect day out. And yeah, my kid's still in school. So I I just went out there by myself, turned on the music, and hung out in the sunlight. But other than that, nothing. Just. Doing all the things that don't get done during basketball. So. Uh, what what kind of driver? My 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 pops for my birthday, which was uh, early in May, got me a stealth, and I said I'll slice it just like everything that's, else. That's what I I put yeah. the stealth to today, and I'm going to try the new Titleist and see which one that's going to cost me a lot of money to still hit bad shots. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hear you. Um, yeah, the driver's great. You you pay six hundred dollars for a, a, a club that you use twelve times, but your putter and you hit it the same but way. Your putter you'll steal from the mini golf. <laughs> Instead of pay the money for a good one, right? Yeah, I yeah. hear you. No, oh, wait. Hey, this little green one from uh, Putt Putt, they'll never know <laughs> yeah. it's gone. And I made two holes in one on the elephant. <laughs> I'm good. I shot it through the uh, right. What's the, the little windmill? Uh, the windmill. Yeah, yep, the yep, windmill. Yeah, yep. the little. Yeah. <laughs> I timed it, it perfect. Yeah, I timed it perfect and hammered it and just hit like 14 curbs and bounces in. I'm like, oh, I'm putting great <laughs> for sure. Now, um, while you were. Uh, while you were out on the course today, we had we had John Morant and uh, all of the uh, Instagram yeah. stuff. Stuff. I, I think you know. Obviously, it comes with uh, the territory with him and in social media. There seems to be some some attention uh, seeking to a certain extent. Now, I, I will say this though. I, I I said it earlier in the show. I, I he's not cognizant of how his messaging comes across. Like there were so many people worried about it. Like. Yeah, he, he could be seeking attention, but at the same time, there's no way he wanted the Shelby County Sheriff's Department to come out no. and do a welfare check. No, and that's the thing. When when you post something like that, especially in today's age with the heightened awareness of people and their mental health, yep. when you do something like that, it, it, it really is going to catch people's attention, especially when you're a superstar of the magnitude that he is, which, again, if he needs to share his life on social media and that's the way he feels comfortable more power to you for me it's not I, I don't have any social media I'm done with it because it's just like I don't need to share hey played nine holes at Southwinds today <laughs> didn't exactly hit him great but had a great time I don't need some random hashtag guy, good day hashtag good day some random guy I don't really know hit me up and go hey man that's awesome hope you're doing great because I okay I appreciate it I don't know who you are but thank you and so that's the that's the thing but some of these guys they need that and just you do have to be cognizant of what you say because anything you say out there is, even if you delete it, 
shortly thereafter, it's still out there. It doesn't matter. And so, honestly, I, I don't think, in my opinion, I don't know, um, but I don't think it was necessarily a cry for help from what I read. Right. But maybe he was saying, I'm gone for the summer. Maybe he was saying, thanks for whatever he was saying, only he knows. And if it was something like that, then good. Maybe that it was great that people said, hey, let's go try to see if he's okay. Because in the in years past, people would just be like, well, you deal with it. You, you've yeah. got your own things going and, and you handle it. And now people are more aware of people that we perceive to be strong and in the public eye and able to handle anything because we see them on television perform in the most pressure-packed situations may not be the case. I think Kevin Love had a lot to do with that, yep. admitting to his issues and other players saying, hey, look, I'm, I'm struggling. And I think I, I talked about this with uh, the guys on before you with, with uh, Mark and Jeffrey. There was a statement from Adam Silver a couple years ago or two or three years, maybe three or four years ago that said, hey, our players' mental health is at an all-time low. And I said, well, duh, because they don't remember the one guy or they don't remember the 500 guys that say, hey, you played great. Don't worry about it if you post something like, hey, bad game tonight, my fault. You remember the one guy that goes, yeah, bad game, I know. You're trash. That's all you remember. Yep. Now, whether that was a gambler that had money on the game, <laughs> right. whether that's a guy, a fan for the other team, whatever, or just some guy just being a keyboard hero, it doesn't matter. And you played collegiate athletics at a high level, and I'm sure some of your teammates would be out there, and then someone would be like, hey, how could you drop that pass? You suck. And you're like, no. Hell, I still hear about my illegal man downfield in the Liberty Bowl in 2017. Right. God, I mean, golly, I, I still hear yeah. about it. Yeah, thanks, thanks, illegal man yeah, downfield Yeah, it was guy. on a touchdown, too. Phil right. Mayhew, yeah. sorry. Sorry right. I got called back. But, right. And that, But that's the thing. And, and you remember when people say that. I, I go back to, for me, and to not to put too, I'm not trying to put the spotlight on me. I remember a game in Washington where TNT was doing the game, so Pete was not on. Right. And we were at lunch, and we were talking about it. And then Pete tweeted, hey, we're not on tonight, but you can catch the game on TNT. And jokingly, I said, hey, you can also catch it on local radio. Thanks, brother. Like kidding with him, right? Like just joking because we were joking about it at at lunch. And some guy just goes, hey, if Pete wanted to say that, he would have. I said, dude, it was a joke. Like I literally tweeted back. I said, it's a joke. We were at lunch. We were kidding about it. I told him I would do it. Well, that's great. I really appreciate your work, but uh, how do you deal with being a terrible father? And I went, wait, whoa. He goes, yeah, he called me a terrible father because I have a job that takes me out of town. He goes, you leave it all on. And I'm like, and it just kept going. And I'm getting angrier and angrier. I finally called Hank McDowell, who was with us at the time. I said, please come get my computer out of my room before I say something I'm going to truly regret. And he looked at the thread. He goes, I'll be right. 20 seconds later, there's a knock and the door's open. He comes in. He goes, I'll take that. Thank you. I'll give it back to you at the arena. And the Twitter's delivered. Now. No, I think the, it's I still think the guy might still be up there. No, I'm talking about your. I'm oh, talking oh, about yours. Yeah. yeah, but this gone. was. I mean, but this Toast. is probably ten years ago. Jeff Green was on the team, but that's how long ago it was. <laughs> but you remember that, and you remember the negative, and and there's so many people that are so kind and positive, and hey, we love what you do. But it's the one guy that goes, "You suck." That you remember, because yeah. we only remember the negative. And obviously, growing up as an athlete, you remember when your coaches tell you everything you did wrong. But the one time they say, hey, "Gabe, that was awesome! What a great block!" You don't remember that. Yeah, you remember the time you go, "Why would you do it that way?" You know, the Craig T. Nelson and all the right moves. Right. Play the ball, not the man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, seeing John, love your ma, love your pops, love your baby girl. Bye. Yeah. And that's the it's supposedly a sayonara saying bye to. Uh, 
to social media. That's just, I mean, the, the messaging there, you can let everybody's mind go crazy. And right. that's just, it's, it's, and it's a struggle. Gonna, everybody that's got idle time it, is going to try to figure out what he meant. And if you saw, so you'd see you're not even on, on Twitter. The Twitter was going absolutely I believe it. Bonkers. I was Absolutely not. I was, I was shanking seven irons into the water. <laughs> I get you. I get you. Did you. Was it nine or eighteen? By the way, I, I didn't even. I didn't even talk about that. Nine. Uh, we have a member uh, at the club I go to who's and bless his heart, and I, and I mean it. All he's pushing ninety and walks nine. I was behind him, so at that point, I knew. I knew we were going to. talk. If I can get to ninety and walk nine, that's what I said. They're like, well. You know, do you, are you upset? I'm like, absolutely not. I love Doc. He's great. He's he's always super nice. And uh, so I'm like, if he can, I, I am happy to sit right behind him and watch him take his cart. And and he never rides. He always walks. And I'm like, dude, if I can do that when I'm your age, I'm happy. Yeah. Now um, on some non-jaw related things, yes. uh, Grizzlies looking for uh, a three, considering Dylan Brooks and the yeah. Shams report. Um, what, what type of guys? I mean, what 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 should they be looking for here? And and it, me, me and Connor have talked about this. I think it becomes more complicated than, than a lot of people make it. Like, you, you, first of all, uh, the assets you have as far as draft picks right. and, and, and guys on the team already may have to go and you may have to pay a pretty steep price because the truth of the matter is the type of player Dylan Brooks it was – for the Grizzlies, 14 points per game, about around 35% from three. We know that that deteriorated, deteriorated the last two year. years. Yeah. Um, but also all-NBA defensive upside. Like It's not easy to find, and it's a valued position. A wing that can score, that can shoot a three-ball, sure. is just you're going to have competition in that market. I know he's kind of villainized right now because of all the things that happened, but when you break it down, it's hard to find a guy that can defend the way he does. It right. really is. And... The biggest thing that I always wish Dylan would have grasped was you don't have to try to be an all-star. Right. You, you, no disrespect to him because he's a guy in the NBA, that which is a level most people will never – but you're never going to be LeBron James. Mm-hmm. So don't try to be LeBron James. Don't try to be a 25-point-per-game guy. The crazy stat for me was always with him a couple years ago. I think we were 24-1 and one or 24-2 and two when he scored 20. And I went back and looked, and in about – 80% of the games he scored 20 or more, he had fewer shots than the games he didn't. He was letting the That's game insane. flow to him and then doing things on both ends of the floor. Whether that's contract year, whether that's he's trying to prove who he is, whether that's getting caught up in all these, I, I can't answer that because I'm not him. But it's a hard thing to replace, and especially when you have a roster that's pretty locked in. So now you have the debate, do you ride it out the way Denver has because remember, Denver for a couple years, now they're in the Western Conference Final for the first time in franchise history. For a couple years, they missed the playoffs by a single game. I think two years in a row, one game, didn't get in. The next year, they're the two seed and bounced in the first round. Everybody's going, well, is this the, is this the team that can really do this? Last year, I think they had a great team. Or a couple years ago, they had a great team. Murray gets hurt. Porter gets hurt. They ride through that. Do you stick with your guys? and the chemistry that they have, or do you try to keep implementing pieces? And that's the decision the front office has to make. I still contend, and people can think I'm insane, I think if you get Zaire Williams' head in the right place where he's more comfortable than he was this past year coming off an injury that was just bizarre. Yeah. And I watched him in the first preseason game against Milwaukee. He was the best player on the floor. Granted, nobody played their starters. It's the first game of the year. 
October. I'm watching this guy go anywhere and everywhere he wants. Gets every shot he wants. Takes him in rhythm. Takes, And I'm like, this could be really nice. The year before, he's getting starts in playoff games and giving you good minutes. And then his confidence just kind of fell apart when he came back and he couldn't quite get into rhythm, couldn't get into the flow of the offense. If you get him back to where he was at the summertime and into the end of last season, that may be your answer. Because unless you want to break up the roster and trade assets and trade draft picks, then you're not looking at a whole lot of money to be able to spend. Right. You're just not. And it's not that the owner won't spend the money, but like, what do you do? And with all the other stuff going on off the court, it's it's a really difficult time. It's probably the first real turmoil this group has faced. And Watching what Taylor Jenkins did this year, and I tell people all the time, it's amazing to me that he held this group together as cleanly as he did. And yes, there were some obviously bumps in the road, but this was the first time they've ever done this. Remember, the first year they, he comes in, the bubble happens, they make it, they lose Jaron, they lose Tyus. Okay, that happens. Yeah. The next year, they make the playoffs when nobody predict, predicted that. They lose to a Utah team who's the one seed. The year after that, they're a missed layup away in game one from forcing seven games and Going to be honest, I think in the seventh game in Memphis, they got a real good chance yep. of knocking off the Warriors and going to the Western Conference Finals, possibly to the NBA Finals. Now, this year, again, you let a team come into your building, beat you in a game in the first two, and then you didn't get one on the road. Ask the Warriors. It was detrimental to them against the Lakers. They did the same thing. That's all it takes sometimes, and the margin of error is so thin, and I think as you grow up, you realize that. You watch Denver. They could have mailed it in and said, well, hey, let's just go home at halftime. We'll go home. We'll win it in five. They came out and said, let's make our push at them and see what these guys can do. They come back, and just think about this. Jokic's two buzzer beaters with the threes. Yeah, ridiculous. They win by two. He scored six points. It should have never happened. Yep. They should have lost that game. Mm-hmm. But he's just, he's not going to give up. He's not. And that comes with maturity. Whereas I remember Nikola Jokic when he was early in his career, very, very good at that time. And he took one shot, one yep. shot in the game here in Memphis. And everybody went, what is wrong with this guy? And now that will, that would never happen again, ever. And from a team building standpoint on the Nuggets, on the Nuggets front, I mean, the the difference this year, like ultimately, if you just look at the whole thing, yeah, you have these guys growing up, and I think it's hard at times to get to the NBA Finals with 23, 24, 25-year-olds, but now they're all sort of that 26 to 28 trading range. But also, you flipped Monte Morris and Will Barton into Bruce Brown and KCP, and seemingly that's made all the difference from as far as role players that accept their role within that team. Great point, because KCP accepts his role, and Bruce Brown has been fantastic for them. He's athletic. He doesn't have these delusions of grandeur. He's been with a few teams. And he makes under $7 million bucks and a he, year. And he goes in, and he's athletic and strong and, and doesn't back down from anybody, but he knows his role. Yep. And even guys like, you know, Michael Porter Jr. was thought to be this next level potential superstar, back injuries. Now, he, you don't see him forcing shots. You see them go through the guy they know is the best. And this is the crazy thing. I know what Jokic did. I looked at the numbers, and I, I knew Jokic had a few triple doubles, but I looked at the numbers and I said, boy, if they win tonight, Murray's got to be your Western Conference Finals MVP. He was averaging 36 points a game. Wasn't even a doubt. And no one, and not a peep not anybody feeling bad about themselves I should have had it they're like they were all excited for him and that's when you know you have something there and I've always heard from people in Sacramento how good a coach Michael Malone was and I've always thought he has and he has his teams back but that was the guy the the way that I judged it was that was the guy that when he got let go in Sacramento DeMarcus Cousins went 
what are you doing? That's the guy mm-hmm. that can help us win. And it went right back downhill. Now they're obviously back up, but that set them back deciding we're going to go a different direction. And nothing against Dave Yeager, who is one of my really close friends, but that locker room was fractured because of that firing. So you stay with your coach, you stay with your game plan, you stay with your guys, even if there's some times where the there's more of a valley than a peak, and you should be okay. And the, the NBA coaching, hiring, and firing it's practice, it's, it's insane. It's, it's insane. Is it the last four of five, last four of five championship winning coaches outside of Steve Kerr have been fired already? Yeah. It, it's crazy. The Monty, the Monty Williams thing, the writing was on the wall. When, the, yeah. when you know, the new owner comes in and he basically, he and Monty don't get along for whatever reason, okay? Who's on, whose fault is that? Is it the owner that needs to come in and acknowledge a coach who's won coach of the year and say, hey, it's your team? Or is it a coach that needs to acknowledge a guy who's got a B in front of his bank account, not an M or a you know, H and T, uh, that he's got billions and he's the guy in charge and you, all right, what do you want me to do? Um, the Frank Vogel, obviously things were not going well there. Mm-hmm. The Budenholzer thing to me is baffling Yeah, a, a, a little bit because I don't think Giannis has any pro. I didn't think Giannis had any problems, but some of the decisions were people questioned. And then you find out, you know, okay, the guy's brother died and can you cut him some slack? But he, they won a championship. Yeah. You know, these aren't guys. Nick Nurse, Two years Nick Nurse won a championship, and they, that team got gutted. There was no more DeMar DeRozan. There was no more Kawhi Leonard. There's no more Marcus Gasol. They have Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam and a bunch of dudes that came in after that. And Nick Nurse, they're, they're still making the play in. Like, it's, it's this instant gratification way that sports teams can be now that, you know, like in this situation, I'm shocked Robert Saleh was still coaching the Jets after what happened this year. But now they're a favorite to win the Super Bowl because they went out and got Aaron Rodgers, which, as a Packers fan, good luck with that. And let's see until <laughs> right. when he has a bad weekend okay. and doesn't really like being in New York, how, how that works in the locker room. But, you know, you, you there's one of two ways to handle it. You can keep flipping, and I think that's the wrong way to go. I believe continuity in any sport, maybe other than baseball, breeds success. Because baseball, it's whether or not you got the guys on the mound and whether or not you got a couple of big bats in the lineup that you have to be cognizant of. With football, basketball, and even hockey, you keep a group together when they play as a team and everything is oriented team-wise, it's going to be beneficial in the long run, as long as you don't have 12 guys that can't play. Yeah, and then and then also on the Nick Nurse front, since you brought him up, it, it, it's it. It tells me a lot that, okay, the Raptors get rid of him after what they term as as disappointing seasons, yet he's already in the conversation for the Suns, who have a great roster, sure. and the Bucks who have a great roster. Yep. I mean, immediately flip around, and those, those teams immediately have uh, a, a certain uh, type of, you know, they they appreciate what he's been able to accomplish, and they want to bring him in, well, and, potentially. And, well, look at Joe Missoula in Boston. He has a remarkable season, steps into a situation that nobody could foresee coming. They are one of the top three teams in both offensive and defensive efficiency, and that's over 82 games. This wasn't like a fluke. They were good from the word go. Yeah. They're having a disappointing playoff series against a Miami team that just caught their rhythm at the right time, and there are people going, was it a mistake to give him a four-year extension? Why is it a mistake? Because he's made some young coach mistakes in the play. Okay, that's going to happen. It's You're always going to have critics, and in an age where everything gets criticized to the utmost degree and everything gets micro-analyzed, what do you do? 
Yeah, no, this series, though, with Joe Mazzulla, what have you thought? I mean, like, as far as, well, like, here's the, here's actual adjustments, taking timeouts. Is, jo- is it Joe Mazzulla or is it his team? I, I, I it, agree, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum finally had a fourth-quarter bucket for bucket, the first time in the right. entire series. I was I watching, get that. and I'm like, I've been watching these games, and I didn't even realize that. And think about this. They had two different runs last night. One in the third. People didn't talk about the one in the fourth that was 12-0. They ran them 30 to nothing over two stretches. That's a 30-point swing that's hard to overcome. Now, is that Joe Mazzula not stepping up and going, get zero the ball, quit (laughs) taking bad shots? Or is it these guys have Jalen Brown, who's an all-NBA guy, Al Horford, who referred to himself as an elite shooter, Marcus Smart, who wants to make plays, Malcolm Brogdon. And when you're losing, frustrations boil over. They're competitors. So um, I I thought what I saw of Joe Mazzula in the year – I don't have a problem with him getting a four-year extension. He will make some mistakes, just like Taylor Jenkins made mistakes in his right. first couple of years. And you're like, okay, remember, first go-around, you know, Greg Popovich didn't wake up and all of a sudden have everything handed to him. He got to San Antonio. He had to figure things out, and they got there eventually because they had a good roster and because it was well-known. You either do it my way or the door opens out. And if you do it my way – We'll win, and once they started winning, they're like, "Okay, we'll do it your way." Yeah, now speaking, I mean, that's why Eric Spolster almost got fired. Remember, and now yeah. what is he? He's, yeah, now he's it, pushing seven. That was year wins. one. That was year one when I wasn't it LeBron. I mean, the, the team yeah. went up yeah. to Pat Riley and said we wanted him out. Yeah, want him out after the after the he's start of the season. There. He's still there and possibly leading another and, team and possibly. I mean, I don't know how you feel about this, but when we look at American sports, I mean, he's. Probably top three coaches in American He's sports. One of, one of the best. Because look at, I mean, just look at their. Bam Adebayo is a really good player. Jimmy Butler's a star. Kyle Lowry's at the tail end of his career. He's winning with Gabe Vincent at point guard. <laughs> Gabe Vincent was at UC Santa Barbara and undrafted. Oh, you, you can't call him undrafted, Draymond says. So, dude, we got we got to we got to. I'm joking, obviously. What, what did, did you, you did you did you catch that? No, I didn't. He said it's it's disrespectful to call them undrafted. No, it's a fact. It's not disrespectful. It's, it's not disrespectful. He didn't get. But drafted. Max Drew signed dunk. as a free agent. Gabe Vincent, all those. Uh, Kayla they, Martin, who got cut by one of the worst teams in the NBA. Right. For his brother. <laughs> For his twin brother. They were playing together, and they said, oh, we can only keep one of you guys. You got to go. And he's playing great. And he played great against the Grizzlies this year. So when you can maximize your players' talents to your system, that makes a difference. And there's a lot of people that wondered, getting Kevin Love, did that affect Bam out of bounds? You don't hear a lot of chirping out of their out of their camp uh, in terms of negativity. They didn't have the best regular season. When we were down there, they're like, ah, maybe we get in. Maybe I'm like, you guys are good. Like yeah. we saw, like you're good. What whatever's happened, injuries, things like that. Losing Tyrell Hero, Tyler Hero is a terrific player, and yeah. they've had he's been out for a while. But offensively, they just weren't very good during the regular season. No, and they've turned it on. And Jimmy Butler has a but different never different his, gear. That's never been his forte. Right. He's never been a – yeah, when you got LeBron and Bosh and Wade, <laughs> their offense is going to be pretty good. you got three Hall of Famers. They're going to be pretty good offensively. After that, you have a diminished in, – in, at this point in his career, Kyle Lowry, who has had a phenomenal career. Borderline Hall of Fame. When you look at Kyle yeah. Lowry, he's borderline Hall of Fame, and I love Kyle to death, but he's not the same player he was in Toronto. And now you've got Max Struess, like you said. Duncan Robinson, who they signed to four years and basically $80 million – and was riding the bench because he wasn't productive. They, he's willing to make tough decisions and say, "You're not getting it done. We got to get it done." Yeah. Now, uh, last thing on the sort of transitioning back to the Nuggets, 
This shouldn't be surprising. I think a lot of people are surprised by the fact that they were able to Not sweep through bit. the Western Conference Finals. But most consistent team in the regular season, most consistent team in the, in the postseason. And, and, and you have just a well-built roster and a coach that's been there that understands mm-hmm. what, what to expect together from players. Years. Yeah, the, the, their core group's been together for years. And to be honest with you, they were the best team I saw in the West Yeah, in the regular season. When the, the game, December 23rd, was a clinic. And then, and I'll never forget that game. I was telling somebody this story. We, I saw Stephen Adams out. There was a Tuesday night game. It was before they went to Golden State. And we see him out. We're watching Monday Night Football. And he pops in. He had just gone to get something. And I said, well, hey, do you want, would you like to have a beer? And he goes, no, I got to go back and watch film. I said, you just said you just watched film. He goes, dude, it's Jokic. <laughs> yeah. It's Jokic. And I said, okay, elaborate. And he said, well, I know what Embiid's going to do. And I know what these other centers that are awesome are going to do. He goes, that guy gets the ball. I got no clue. I'm trying to find any tendency that I possibly can. He goes, he could turn his back to me, throw it over his head, and just as likely be shooting it as throwing a pass to a guy that nobody saw cut from the back door. And that's – I watch them, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, these these guys are just on a different point. And if Murray gets healthy – well, they got healthy. I think they got a little complacent because they knew they were going to be the one seed. They didn't play particularly well down the stretch. There were some rumblings. Our yep. defense is this, our defense is that. I was like – these guys get in and lock it in. They're going to be awfully. But different. they have good defensive players. That was always the yeah. go, even going into the they playoffs. Just, they, like, Aaron Gordon's a solid defensive player. Bruce Brown, KCP's had his moments as well. Like, I think they got a taste of the highest level of success. They got a little cocky. Teams then put a target on their back because, to be honest with you, no one I talked to said, "Yeah, you're going to Denver, man. That's a big game." Because they're not a highlight factory. They're not this. Yes, they had the two-time MVP. But you talk about Even the Grizzlies, him, and they're, chir- they're chirping and jaws dunking on people, and people go, boy, a win against the Grizzlies says a lot. Nobody was going like, boy, a win against the Nuggets says a lot, because you expect to go to Denver and lose because of the altitude already. That and the fact they're really good. And then outside of the, the ridiculous buzzer beaters he's hit in the, he hit in the Western Conference Finals, there's nothing like, there's no fireworks about Nikola Jokic's game. It's just you look at that stat line, and that's, that's a hell of a firework afterwards. Go back to that end of the game, and they need a bucket. And he isolates left wing. Yep. And he's isolating and literally goes through a bunch of contact, doesn't complain, powers his way to the bucket, and there was no doubt in my mind he was going to score. He went right through one of the better defensive players and just made it look like I'm just going to run a layup drill like when coaches have those pads and just keep hitting you. Yep. And you're just going to absorb it and go, okay, cool, I'm still going to score. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is done. <laughs> and they were down, what, they were down 15 at halftime? Yeah, and they just said, "All right, well, now we'll 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 find our rhythm, and if we don't, we'll go." They they've just they're playing with a different level of belief in what they're doing, and no doubt, and it's nothing against what the Lakers did. I thought Rob Palinka deserved a lot of credit for reworking that roster the way he did, getting a trusting a guy like Austin Reeves, even though D'Angelo Russell didn't have a great series, they went and got a guy that was better suited for that system than Russell Westbrook. Whether that's the long term solution or not, but Rui Hachimura was toiling on the vine in Washington and he comes in and he's the he and Austin Reeves are the reason game one went the way of the Lakers. It almost Just feels the like series. they get bailed out though sometimes Rob Rob Polinka. I mean second he, I mean, round mortgaged, picks and Kendrick Nunn for Rui and watching yeah, what Rui he, did. He, he mortgaged the future for LeBron then finds a way to make other deals. Yeah, yeah. how do you <laughs> I don't know how he pulled that one off either. <laughs> yeah. I guess Washington was just like, hey, it's not working with this guy here. Let's just get something yeah. or he's going to walk either way. And that's, that's a, to me, a, a general manager's strength can be finding a guy that you think your trade partner might just walk from and just giving him something. 
Yeah. So they get something. Whether that stays long-term or not, that's up to them. But they at least feel like they get something, and you get a guy you feel like can help you. Yeah. Well, awesome stuff. Appreciate it, Eric. Hey, thanks for having Appreciate me. Appreciate you coming in. No doubt. No doubt. We'll do it again soon. Um, but that's Eric Hasseltine, radio voice of the Grizzlies. Let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we'll hop into the Blitz right here on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPU. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. If you have disasters around the home, the office, residential properties, make sure you call Service Master by Cornerstone. Service Master by Cornerstone is the largest franchise in a 600-mile radius. But don't just call them because they're the largest. Call them because they're the best at solving your disasters. They have been awarded Service Master's Franchise of the Year Award, meaning they are the number one Service Master Restore franchise in the good old U.S. of A. So if you have a busted water heater and water damage, if you have frozen pipes, you have a toilet that overflows, you have a fire and there is smoke damage, mold, um, just any type of damage around your home, the office, residential properties, call Service Master by Cornerstone. No matter the place, no matter the size, they are here to help with the damage. Tyler, the president and owner of Service Master by Cornerstone, and his team are here to help you at moments like this. Their motto is, we don't pray for disaster, we just pray we get called when there is one. So remember the name, locally owned, locally operated, Service Master by Cornerstone. Uh, a couple of different lines I need to give you. 901 Respond is their uh, uh, line that you call if you have a very, very dire need for help around the house. That's 901 Respond, but if you're just trying to get in touch with them, 901-459-3675, 901-459-3675. 75. We are live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios, and it's time for the Blitz. Now, the biggest stories overloading the line of bull rush of info. It's Gabe's Blitz on the Gabe Coon Show on 92.9 FM ESPN, Memphis's sports station. All right, Gabe, first up today, Adrian Peterson says he is not officially retired yet. He is 38 years old, 82 yards away from 15K. He last played with the Seahawks and the Titans in 2021. Uh, The quote here, mentally, I haven't hung it up. We'll see what happens. My mindset is, if God willing, maybe an opportunity presents itself and maybe it happens this season, I'll go from there. But if nothing happens this season, for sure, I'll be hanging it up. Um it's over, man. It's over, my man. Just like, why not? Why? I mean, why? 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 Why continue to put yourself out there? Take more damage to your body at age thirty-eight. Continuing to play does nothing good for you, legacy-wise or health-wise. I, I, I don't doubt. I, I've seen Adrian Peterson play, even dating back to Oklahoma. He's unbelievable. I don't doubt that he could give you a hundred rushes a year for. You know, 300, 400 yards. I, why not? I, I think he could still do that, but he doesn't need to. There's some guys that know when it's the end of the road. There's others that don't. And I think Adrian Peterson is the guy that doesn't really want to admit it. And I think back in the NFL, Deion Sanders for the Ravens, Franco Harris for the Seahawks, LaDainian Tomlinson for the Jets. He had 200 yards his final year. Hang it up before, before you really start having people think about who you are and, and, and where you're at in your life. If you need more money, you get that type of speculation from when guys hang around too long. Is he in dire need for money? Is he in dire straight? Just 
keep all that to the side. Adrian, you, you could probably have a pretty damn good career outside of football at this point just being who you are. Go, go that direction. Now, I will say, being a former player, it's way easier said than done to give up the game. And I say that because you latch your identity onto being a ball player. And it's hard to latch your identity after being a football player to anything else. You think that's who you are. It's just intrinsic. It's it, you, you can't imagine yourself outside of the game. And I think Adrian Peterson's having those issues right now, but I hope he gives it up relatively soon. He's going to be a, a Hall of Famer at some point. We know how hard it is to get in the NFL Hall of Fame, but he's going to be a Hall of Famer. And I was thinking about this, Connor. In today's day and age, and I, I would I would term Adrian Peterson a modern running back, won an MVP in 2012 off of, off of ACL. He was a comeback player of the year, seven time Pro Bowler, four time All Pro. He'll be a, he'll be a Hall of Famer. But in in a modern in the modern era, what running backs right now can you truthfully say you feel like are no doubt Hall of Famers? I don't think there's any out there. Like Zeke, maybe. Not really, though. I don't think his his resume is there. Derrick Henry would be a guy who's he's led the league three different times in rushing yards. He had 2,000 yards one year. I think he's led twice in rushing TDs, but he's only got three Pro Bowls and one All-Pro selection. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's not close, really, from a resume perspective. Alvin Kamara, not really close. Like who In the modern day and age, who is that next Hall of Fame career at, quarter, or at, at running back? I, I kind of agree with you. I think Derrick Henry's probably the closest right now, but, you know, I feel like the NFL hasn't had, like, a transcendent running back in, in a minute. And They've had some amazing running backs. They've had, you know, all-pro running backs, MVP, you know, level running backs, but, you know, quarterbacks win it now most of the time. But it just it has felt like that there, has been, there hasn't been an Adrian Peterson since, really, his prime, I guess. Yeah. Like, someone that you just know – Every time he touches the football, it could be a touchdown. Derrick Henry, I think, had that for a few years. It's just ultimately I don't think his, his team success was good enough to get him to the Hall of Fame. And winning an MVP, that's impossible for running back right. in today's day. And and I think it's he's, not going to I don't know if, if it'll ever happen again. If, he, if you, running for 2,000 yards doesn't get you an MVP. <laughs> yeah, like, well, well, it, to be honest, you know, the best you can hope for as a running back is Derrick Henry when he ran for 2,000 yards getting an offensive player of the year. That's right. the best you can hope for. But wide receivers get so many numbers this day and age, it's hard to uh, to beat out those guys. So I, I was thinking about this, and I'm like, okay, he's a modern-era running back, but is there any other modern-era running backs that are going to get over the hump and get into the Hall of Fame? Like, I, I can't make the case fully for Zeke. I can't make the case fully for Derrick Henry. I can't make a, a full case for Christian McCaffrey. He hadn't been in the league long enough. Like, it's just so hard. And I think it has to do with the devaluing of the position as a whole, right? And and maybe, just maybe, we need to switch up sort of the 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 get-in qualities of a running back going forward. Because I, I, it's hard for me to imagine going forward in the in the game of football, NFL football, the way we're pass happy now, the way we spread everything out. Patrick Mahomes is winning Super Bowls because they spread it out, throw it to Travis Kelsey, uh, they make plays off platform all the time. I, I just even guys coming into the league, it's hard for me to imagine that they'll ever be able to year after year replicate enough in the way of production to be Hall of Fame members. Maybe we need to, need to change the criteria a tad bit for running backs going forward. It's just a thought. Just yeah, a I thought. mean, if the game has evolved, so should maybe the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
but Adrian Peterson, I think he's a Hall of Famer. Oh, bona fide, hundred um, percent. But after that, I I fear we're going to have a long, long time without getting a running back into the Hall of Fame. Like just just truthfully. Per front office sports is AJ Perez. Pat McAfee is likely to take over Max Kellerman's this just in time slot, which is one to two central time, and it could lead to a full cancellation of the show. Um, so Pat McAfee is going to make somewhere between ten and fifteen million dollars per year, while ESPN is prepping to cut thirty million dollars in salary. At the same time, they're trying to get that done by the end of June. So NFL and NBA coverage, they're prepping to take a hit. And there's honestly colleagues, people we know, friends that could be cut because of all that's going to happen at ESPN. Uh, I have to say, paying that bill, 10 to $15 million a year, while you're having widespread layoffs is not a good look for Disney. It's just bad. But I don't think they give a damn. I don't think ESPN cares. Um, they're going to do what they want to do as far as business relations are concerned. But this reminds me of, you've ever had that girlfriend, right? You have that girlfriend out there, um, they, they always text. They have that, that, that friend, that guy friend that they always text and they talk to. And, you know, they, they seem a little flirty, but you don't want to say anything. You don't want to accuse. But finally, you get to that breaking point. You say, you know what? I, I think you're having more than friendly conversations with this, this, this person. You express your concerns. You, you, you tell them um, that, that you're worried. They tell you not to worry. They tell you not to worry. Then three months later, y'all break up, and they immediately hop into the relationship with that person. That's what it's been going on with Pat McAfee and ESPN this whole time, and now that they're about to bring him on, they want to make cuts. It just doesn't look good. I think a lot of ESPN employees have expressed their concerns, and, and, and they're very uh, annoyed with how the situation is, is unfolding. They're going to lose a job while a guy – comes in, and I love Pat McAfee. I think he's really good. I think they're going to upgrade this time slot over Max Kellerman and this just in. But at the same time, I can see where a lot of these employees who who may be out of a job are pissed, and they should be. That's unfortunate as hell. And to consistently be put through the mud and consistently have to deal with your employer making these layoffs. I mean, at ESPN, it happens every, what, three to five years where they're making widespread layoffs, cutting $20 million, $30 million off the top? It's more frequent than that. I mean, honestly, it really is. It feels yearly at this point. Yeah, but it's 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 terrible. It's terrible. It's, it's not okay. Like, <laughs> these people need jobs. They have earned those jobs at ESPN, and you make a big hire, and now you're telling a lot of them to kick rocks. I just think it's it's... Awful, awful as far as a look is concerned. Right. And, and ESPN, as far as that image, I don't think they much care. They're, again, four letters, worldwide leader. But I just, it is what it is. It is what it is. I, I think those people that, uh, that, that could potentially get laid off should feel a certain way about how this is all unfolding in front of their face. I think the, the most unfortunate part about this for me is that it feels like that ESPN decided to take their programming a certain direction, more clickbaity, more argumentative, more just, to be honest, topics that get eyeballs on it and have people fighting all the time instead of real programming at sports. I saw a tweet saying basically like, I feel bad for the children today because they didn't get – the ESPN that we yeah, grew up with right. was completely different. It was a nightly watch. It was – it felt like, you know, Stump the Swab was on there. They had so many shows about sports and not just about legacy talks and all these arguments yes, and, and no, this no, crazy, crazy stuff. I, I think we're – legacy talk's cool for, you know, barbershop talk, talk with your friends, sure. right? 
Not every but single I, day. I don't think. I think the frequency with which we've had it is turning away the consumer. Absolutely. And, and I think ultimately, a lot of the you know whether it's Fox Sports or ESPN, I think they'll look back at it and say we made a grave mistake at that moment because we're transitioning back into a time where people want to hear ball. They want exactly. to hear level-headed conversation. That's why I mean. Like, and JJ Redick went after Stephen A. So maybe it's not the per- perfect time. And he did it yesterday. He said you went to what, what Winston Salem State or whatever. You played <laughs> three you know three points per game. You know he went after him. But that's why people have latched on to JJ Redick is because it's a lot more level-headed. And it's not super clickbaity. It's just truthfully. How he feels with that uh, that that experience he had being in the game for for so long, and I think that's why people are latching onto it. And 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 I, I brought it up. What was it two weeks ago, where there was a discussion about the Warriors Lakers series? You know, what does this do for Steph and LeBron's legacy? I still refuse to believe people give a damn about that conversation. Those legacies are stamped right, like, and that's what it is every day. When you tune in, so I, I I truly think in a few years they'll look back and say I don't know how much I how 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 good I feel about the the direction we've gone with this. I do think Pat McAfee's less of that though. Pat McAfee doesn't really deal. To with me, that, it was a much. signal of them going back to old days. Yeah, because Max Kellerman is kind of a poster guy for like yeah. clickbait stuff to a certain extent. To an extent. To an to an extent. Andre Iguodala. But but you all you are so yeah. Death beam pointed. Death beam pointed. <laughs> I want Andre Iguodala. I want Iguodala. But uh, I, but I think at the same time you're letting go a lot of your information getters. Sure. And I think that's a pretty crappy move in, in the grand scheme of things. So we'll see how it works out. But I, I, it's just bad look. Bad look all around for ESPN at the moment. That will do it for the Blitz. We need to put a wrap on this show. We'll do that when we return. The Rewind is next on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM. Now it's the Rewind. Now we play a battle rewind. Brought to you by Memphis Barbecue Company. Rewind on 92.9. More John news. He's taking a social media hiatus. It didn't come without insane speculation, though, because he told his mom, his dad, and his daughter he loved them on Instagram before he posted a picture of himself saying bye. And in this day and age, when we pay attention and we are very aware of mental health, and how it affects everyone, and we're hyper-aware when it comes to athletes. A lot of folks speculated and were concerned. It led to a welfare check by the Shelby County Sheriff's Department. While I think most of the discussion today has been overkill, one thing sticks out to me. Ja is not aware of the messaging he puts out, and he doesn't quite understand the following he has. With that following comes responsibility of millions of people that, that wait on every whim to see what you're going to say next. I think he has to pay attention and be responsible with what he posts. Do I think there was a little attention-seeking behavior behind what was posted? Yes. But I don't think he intended ultimately for the damn sheriff's department to wonder if he was going to harm himself or not. That's just a a hunch. But let's relax. Let Ja take some time away from social and see what happens here in the future. Eric Hasseltine joined today. Radio voice of the Grizzlies. Great stuff on Ja, social media. And also on the NBA playoffs as a whole thus far. Uh, make sure if you want to hear that in the entire show, uh, make sure you play back. Download the Odyssey app and search 92.9 ESPN. What's the biggest game tonight? Presented by FanDuel Sportsbook.
Well, it's hockey, so I'm going to throw it to you. No, it's hockey. Okay, well, <laughs> it, it, we got we got Panthers versus Hurricanes, 7 p.m. starting just uh, here in a few minutes on TNT. Panthers minus 115. Uh, they're up 3-0. By the way, you look at the NBA and the NHL 3-0 series. Or I guess it's just how, how it works. But I'm going to go Hurricanes tonight. These games have been very, very close. I know it's on the road in Florida, but game one, four OTs. Game two, uh, one OT, Hurricanes lost. Game three, it was 1-0. Florida, I think that, uh, you know, the Hurricanes are going to save a little bit of, uh, they're going to have a little pride tonight. They're going to win. Take them on the money line, minus 105. Fast forward. Fast forward. Hopefully nothing on Ja tomorrow. That's where I'm going to start, but uh, we will preview Eastern Conference Finals. Game five in Boston. Can the Celtics stay alive? Uh, Florida Panthers, I mean, could. I know I picked against them tonight, but could make it uh, to their first Stanley Cup since 1996. That's an interesting story. They have never won one. Also, NFL OTAs are rolling along. We'll have plenty on that. But that's a wrap for today. Thanks to Jeff Calkins and Eric Castletine for their contributions to today's show. We'll meet back here at the same time tomorrow. But in the meantime, I will pass you off to Joe and Amber. For Connor, I'm Gabe. Be easy, be safe, and enjoy the rest of your night. WMFS-FM and HD1 Bartlett. WMFS-Memphis celebrating a legacy of sports as the flagship home of the Memphis Grizzlies and Tigers Talk. Always live on the Odyssey app and on smart speakers say play 92.9 ESPN. Use a BetMGM bonus bet to place your next wager on any game in any sport. To receive your bonus bet, simply log into your BetMGM account every Saturday and Wednesday between May 13th through June 7th to bet on any game of your choice. Then add any type of bet on any game to your bet slip and activate your bonus bet. There's no deposit or additional wager required. And if you want even more BetMGM action, you can enjoy the best daily promotions, live betting options, and the all-new signature bets, featuring wagering options you won't find at any other sportsbook. It's only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly, and they offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Promotions may differ per customer. BetMGM.com for T's and C's. 21 or older to wager, Tennessee only. Existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line. 1-800-889-9789. So you're looking to unwind after a long day or celebrate with friends. You want music, but you also want something else. Bourbon at Blue Note Bourbon. We believe music and bourbon have something in common. They can lift your spirits, soothe your soul, and take you to another place in time. So here's the great music, good times, and great bourbon. Pick up a bottle today and let Blue Note Bourbon be the soundtrack to your night. Hey, Mary, is that a new phone? Yeah, just upgraded at T-Mobile. Their new Go 5G Plus plan gives me the same great phone deals as new customers. I am so jealous. AT&T's got me locked into a three-year device contract, and my phone is locked to their network, too. Ooh, that's a long time. Three years. That's like the length of two and a half relationships. It's time to ditch AT&T. Bring your locked phone, and T-Mobile will pay it off, and they'll give you a new 5G phone for free. Boom! You hear that, AT&T? That won't Introducing the Easy Unlock. Bring your AT&T locked phone, trade it in, and T-Mobile will pay it off up to 650 bucks and give you one of the latest 5G smartphones free. Plus, next time, you're ready for an upgrade a whole year earlier. Free your phone now at T-Mobile. 
payoff via virtual prepaid MasterCard in 15 days. Free phone via 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified, plus tax and device connection charge. Contact us before canceling to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement is due. Ctmobile.com. Tonight, clear in breezy with a low of 63. Weather brought to you by Express Employment Professional.